0: Welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for Curious Minds on KGRA Radio, and here is your host, Gary Cochilello.
1: Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cocholillo, and before we get started, I would like to thank all my listeners for listening. And also my contributors for the show, who are executive producer Candice Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, senior editor Amanda Steele, author of Ghosts of Me, binaural production engineer Damian Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, and monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. And if you are interested in being a contributor to the show, just go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you'll find a whole bunch of information there on how you can contribute. Some of it is you can donate money to cover some of the costs or time on some of the projects that have going on, or you can just simply, you know, post some episodes on your Facebook or Twitter. Even that will help. And now, without further ado, our guest for today is Kat Baldwin. She is the author of Divine Gives of Healing, My Life with Spirit. Thank you for coming on today, Kat.
2: You are very welcome. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, pretty cool. Um, so uh how did you um get into the healing business?
2: <laughs> That's a loaded question, you know what I mean? Uh. Um, I think those of us that are in the healing arts Gary. I think um, from the time that we arrived here, we had some notion of that. But um, I can remember when I was in junior high, all my friends would come to me for for answers. They all gave me their problems. And this went on my entire life. So I did typical corporate jobs for a long period of time. and, And when I hit 40, um, my health was really failing. So I got into um, studying more nutrition and getting proper supplementation and getting healthy. And I became a corporate trainer for a particular company and got a lot of support with personal development. And um, one thing led to another. I, I was clear that um, I'm, I don't know if you ever heard of Landmark Education. I'm a senior graduate of Landmark Education. And um, those tools provided me with doing a lot of counseling with people around their addictions to food and their relationships to food. And so I pretty much was doing mental, emotional, physical stuff with people. And uh, one day I was on the internet and I got guided to Chios energy healing. And I realized, you know what? There's a fourth leg on my stool that I'm not that I'm not uh, strong in yet, which is uh, spiritual work. Right. So what ended up happening is I studied that on my own and got certified as a master teacher. And I knew at that point that really in my practice, I didn't want to do uh, the nutritional stuff or the, the weight loss stuff with people. I wanted a, really a practice totally committed to people's spiritual journey and them stepping into their greatness as human beings and why they're here. And uh, pretty much that's when I, I've I've been at that strictly spiritually speaking for probably about 10 or 12 years now. So wow. I think I always knew it, Gary. I mm-hmm. think I always knew that, you know, I never, and, and you probably hear this from a lot of your, your people that are intuitives and stuff. Um, I never really felt, Fit in with this social norm or the social agreement stuff, or it always rubbed me the wrong way. And I've always been very rebellious against authority. Um, I still am. <laughs> I'm still very rebellious against authority. Hmm. And um, I don't know. You know, I think I always knew. So I don't know if that answers your question for
3: you.
1: It does. It does. Um, so, what was it like um, switching from? telling people not to eat twinkies and to do sit-ups to uh, <laughs> to the spiritual stuff
2: I don't know you know it just it was it was a beautiful thing and I know that's why I'm meant to do it because it just came very naturally um, for the most part it started with um, doing energy healing treatments on people and it was funny cuz I'd use my weight loss people and I'd tell them you know get on the massage table like I need somebody to practice on um you know, so my weight loss people ended up finding out that they needed spiritual help and guidance and healing as well, even though that wasn't what they came to me for right mm-hmm. so don't get me wrong when people work with me now i've been a vegetarian for ten years, and it's extremely important when you're on a spiritual path that um you are eating properly that still applies it, it still it still applies it just I did not want it to be my complete and total focus. Okay. So it ended up being a hundred percent of my practice to probably ten percent. But when people ask me, um, when they come to me, I'm actually a vibrational frequency practitioner. So when you're on a spiritual path, part of that is still the eating. It's still, you know, forget about the sugar and the twinkies because you can't be on a spiritual path because that stuff is going to interfere with the vibrational frequency of your body. So that conversation still happens. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Just, um, not, not a hundred percent of how I go into health people. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's still there. It's still there. It's important. It is important, but yeah.
1: Interesting. I I, see. I've tried different diets too. I was a vegetarian for a few years and, then I went from that to uh, I mean, it was, but it was giving everybody a hard time. Like, it drove my parents crazy because he never knew what to cook. Then I started following Leviticus, and I think almost, that was like obviously like a little bit more difficult than being v- vegetarian, actually. And What's that uh, about? Tell me it, what that's it, about. It's just this weird chapter in the Bible with uh, right. like what rabbis eat. You know, like you don't eat animals with hooves and. Okay. Um, I forget all the rules to it, but it's it's really strange. Um, <laughs> but, it's, but it's cool, I guess. You know, it's just, you know, it was interesting. So and, you're not uh, a
2: vegetarian anymore? you no longer a
1: vegetarian? I am not. Now I eat whatever I want. In fact, you, you mentioned the vibration thing. And like, what I'll do is I'll take a Twinkie and I'll meditate on it and try to change its vibration to match mine. And then I can eat
2: oh, it. Oh, be serious. Come on. I do.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's that's sort of like the whole idea. I think behind uh, the practice of blessing food and saying grace and some of the things that Buddhists do is they they try to attune their food to a vibration that matches you know their spiritual goals.
2: Yes, that's that's a good point. I suppose you can. It is all a matter of frequency and energy, right? Yeah. So if you look at a Twinkie, and you. <laughs> I gotta really think about this after I'm done with you today. But if you look at a Twinkie, I suppose, you know, I've had people say to me, you know, it's just a matter of what you believe, right? So if you believe that a Twinkie's harmful, it'll be harmful. But if you believe it has it has a possibility of, you know, uplifting you in some way, I suppose it can. I mean, I <laughs> I don't know. You know, all I know is here's here's Why this whole part of all of this happened with me, too, is that I received a calling from uh, I started working with with Archangel Metatron about eight years ago. And um, when he came in, he was very clear with me that with my responsibilities and the mission that I have here in service to humanity. Um, that I needed to clean my, my diet up and no longer eat sentient beings, okay? So mm-hmm. it was a, a request of me that if I was going to work with who I wanted to work with, it was a something that was almost required of me, okay? What ended up happening at the time, I was a huge meat eater, okay? Not necessarily beef, but a lot of protein, And I stood in the middle of my kitchen and I thought to myself, I said to him, I go, how am I ever going to do this? And I went into the living room and I turned the television on and I have never seen this again. There was a, I don't even know if it was a commercial. I think Spirit put it on the TV. There was a cow and there was a gentleman that had a, like a, a pitchfork type of thing, like a... Anyway, he knocked the cow over to pick it up for slaughter, and they I think it was spirit I saw the eyes of that cow and the fear and i i that from that point forward, I was done I was done. I was a vegetarian from that point forward because and I've never seen that on the television since then, so I'm pretty sure that was Metatron showing me you know sentient beings are living beings and they are souls and and if this is what you want to do and the frequency that you want to get to this is something that's required so is it required to somebody who's not on a you know i'm a i'm not only a, a practitioner i have a practice with a lot of ascended masters it's their practice and if that's what's required of me to be a facilitator at that level and that's why I'm here, then that's that's to me, that's what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not for everybody. Believe me, my lifestyle is not for everyone. I'm I'm very clear about that. But the majority of the people that come to me are looking, you know, they're searching for more than what they've got and they're they're dissatisfied Um with life as we see in the third dimension um and they are searching for more and they're in their heart space searching for more and um, they're ready for those kind of transitions you know i mean whatever level it may be they may not be 100 percent vegetarian but some of them are ready for that so it, it depends on the person too you know it's just it was a personal choice for me that's all
1: who is metatron and what is his purpose
2: Angel Metatron is in charge of pretty much all the archangels and he sits at the right hand of God and he also is the archangel that has has um, I've read many things that he's actually responsible for the sacred geometrics of the universe so he is extremely powerful um, he just I didn't even know who he was I'll be honest with you what happened was I, when I was in my kitchen that day and I was, I was standing in the middle of the kitchen, I'm like, oh, I know there's so much more I need to know and there's so much more I need to do. And I, I, I what do I need to know? Come on, I'm always in pursuit of knowledge. I don't know if, if you're like that, but I'm constantly, you know, in pursuit of being being more, learning more, knowing more. Um, and I sat down on my computer and I opened my email and there was an email to from Barnes and Noble that said the book is called The Clarion Call Everything You Need to Know um, with Archangel Metatron <laughs> and it's it's a channeled series by Robbie McKenzie and that was that I'm like okay okay so that was that was when he came in and I've been working with him ever since so pretty much my life is you know, I, I throughout the day, what's a little different for me than most people is my ascended masters and the people that my primaries that work with me are with me all day and I'm a clear audience so I can hear them. I hear them mm-hmm. all day long. So it's like, it's it's as if your family's in the room with you, but my family's not in the room with me as far as physical goes, you know, but they're yeah. here, they're here all the time. So, I mean, I don't even get dressed in the morning before I go to the office without asking, you know, is there something in particular that I need to wear today? So, yeah, that's how I got introduced to him. And that's that's pretty much who he is um, during the fall from consciousness. Do you know what Metatron's cube is? Did you ever hear of that?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. He's responsible for that um, during the fall from consciousness, I guess, primarily after Atlantis. um That cube was put in in the consciousness to stop the further downfall and the darkness of this planet. So, um, you know, do I know a lot about him? I do know that he is the only archangel that was here in physical form as a human being. And supposedly, from what I have read, he was Enoch when he was here. Okay. Uh, The rest of the archangels know they've never taken physical form, but he is the only one. So yeah, when he comes in to work with people, um, a lot of the people that are working with me, he presented himself to them and they, they really got scared because, um, his energy is very intense. It's very powerful. It's very intense. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm honored to work with him. Believe me, he's, Really, you know, a lot of my people say to me, he "Sounds like a transformer," and I go, "No, no it's not a transformer." <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Did you ever hear from hear about him before? I, I mentioned yes.
1: Him. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then how about the Extended Masters? Who are I'm they? A
3: um
2: when I first decided to get on this path exclusively as far as spiritual life went, um, and there's a lot of controversy around this. You probably know about this too. My spiritual teacher for many, many years was actually a guide at the Casa del Ignacio in Brazil with John of God. And, um, we all know that John of God's in prison and, um, lot of controversy around that whether you know are any of us ever going to know whether what he was accused of is the truth or not um john's been a medium since he was four you know and so i was working with reverend scott raymond for three years when i was ready for spiritual uplifting he showed up and he was traveling with the john of god crystal healing beds he was exclusively the only one that had them that were blessed by john of god all over the United States and he would come where I would, uh, into my office, into my facility and we would host the John of God healing beds for, you know, a week or so and come in and people would come in for treatment. Right. Um, I did that. Mm, gosh, we did that every three to six months. We'd get hundreds of people. Okay people are actually experiencing healings um, because the healing bed, it's not really a bed, it's a lamp um, that there's a a light for each chakra with the color of the chakra with a vogel crystal on the end. And it it would um, just go through the colors. You'd lay the person down, put a towel over their eyes. And the ascended masters, there's over 40 of them that work at the Casa Don Ignacio. Um, they would come through those crystals and perform healings on people. And when I was first told that, I'm like, what? Come on, you know. And I, and believe me, I was raised Catholic. So of all people, I shouldn't have been questioning that. But I laid down on, on for my first one, and I had hurt my ankle that morning. And I could feel, number one, whenever I'd lay down underneath those those lamps, I was paralyzed. I could not move. And I experienced uh, psychic, what we call psychic surgery, on my shoulder at one time, on my ankle that I hurt. So at that point, I was introduced to uh, St. Germain, King Solomon. And, of course, I knew Mother Mary because I was raised Catholic. And they're the three that I worked with first. They're the three ascended masters I worked with first. Um, that I needed assistance with particular things and teaching mystery school, which I learned. And um, when my time was done with them and what I needed to learn was finished, then, you know, another set of Ascended Masters would come in. Um, I still work with Mother Mary quite consistently. If I need St. Germain, I call on St. Germain. Um, But yeah, my Ascended Masters, from what I've been told, because I don't know, but like when I get an Akashic reading, I have somebody that does my Akashic once in a while and they tell me I have a football field full of Ascended Masters with me. I, I'm not conscious to all of them. Um, but yeah, so they're with me pretty much. You know, if you asked me now who is working with me, I'd have to tell you um, I do work very closely with Anubis. And most people don't consider him an ascended pastor. I do. Um, he has been He's the divine healer of the way of the heart. He's actually an Egyptian shaman. And um, let's see, Metatron, Anubis, Mother Mary. I work a lot with Mary Magdalene. I work a lot with Yeshua, with Jesus. And um, actually King Solomon and Queen Sheba came in recently
3: too. Mm.
2: So, Yeah. It's pretty cool, you know. Pretty nice. I like it.
1: <laughs> I, I have heard that um, Saint Germain is a flashy dresser. Dresser. He <laughs> makes the, these grand entrances. Is that yeah, clear?
2: he's pretty pretty handsome guy. Yes, um, he's had many many lifetimes here. Um, supposedly, he was Thoth in Egypt, and Hermes, and um, Francis Bacon. That's one mm-hmm. of his life. He's been a very powerful, powerful human many, many times. But he's very handsome. Uh, he's very regal looking. But he's also extremely soft. He's very loving and kind and gentle. Um, he actually has a prayer. It's called, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, the Violet Fire of Transformation.
1: Yes, I've heard it.
2: Yep and when Germain comes in and does that with you, he basically burns out all the negative energy in your body and clears you. And then brings in uh, you know, the the uh, white Christ's light of protection and illumination, which I still do. I still do that with him every day because, you know, we all know how much we're exposed to negative energy, right? I mean, it's unavoidable. Especially now. <laughs>
1: I don't know. Uh, see, that's one of the things I question. Like is there even is such a thing as negative energy if all energy is coming from the source?
2: Oh, that's not a bad question, right? I don't know. I don't know. Can it be can all energy coming from source be transmuted to negative energy based on people's ways of being and personal experiences?
1: I don't know, right? I don't know either.
2: I mean, I think it's possible because, I don't know, otherwise, think, do you, Gary, listening? do you really think things would look like they do, particularly in this country and on this planet, if there wasn't negative, some type of negative energy or forces that were behind that?
1: What do you mm-hmm. think? I think that everything is necessary. for Oh, absolutely. For, for you know the process to be whatever this process is or whatever it is we're going through all these aspects are necessary Um, so what we call negative I would probably refer to it as resistance Ah. because resistance makes us stronger every time that we go through it um, rather than negative energy and also, things might look bad, maybe, or off kilter on the surface, but it's always going to seem that way when there's a transformation period going on. Even like yeah, in a personal absolutely. life, when a, when a person is going through like a like a teenager, you know, they're going through that transformation of being a child to adult. It's it's brutal. Yes. Yes. but but you know that the energy and what they're going through is going to be positive.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah, absolutely because you know, the way things are like you said, you know, they they may not look the way they we would like them to look, but here's the thing. We know that energetically and behind the scenes vibrationally and uh, spiritually, there's a lot of things going on to transform this planet, to transform our ways of being here as, as, compassionate, loving human beings, which is really who we are. Right.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I guess it's a matter of perspective, but you know, it's so easy. You got to think about this. It's so easy for people who let's say are not in any way connected to anything spiritual. Um, to buy into all of this, as which would cause them to have the types of behavior you're talking about—resistance and stuff, right? Um, I don't know. It, it's it's kind of it's kind of an interesting thing that you're bringing up. And I have to think about that possibility. <laughs> but when I get when I get sad about stuff lately, uh, Mother Mary always says to me she says to me, you know what, things are not things are not the way they look. OK, nothing is the way that it seems. So just let it go and release it. It's not really how it looks. Because we can't see things going on on a higher plane. On this planet or multidimensionally for that for that uh, matter. We don't see that. We can't physically see it. But you, you have a grasp that, you know, it's obvious that, and everything's in divine order, right? So you have a grasp that all that occurs is to occur for a better outcome, right?
1: I don't know. I think maybe, I don't know. I'm used to it. Just used to being here.
2: And I kind of (laughs) like it. You used to be here? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Sometimes I I will stand in the middle of my my place and I'll go, oh, what was I thinking?
3: Hmm.
2: I think I have over 1,100 past lives. Not all here, but um, I know I came here in this lifetime. I was asked to come here in this lifetime because of the transition we're going to go through on this planet and that we're going through on this planet. And I want to be here, and I'm very clear. Um, I can't remember the name of the gentleman. I was watching uh, something one of my girls sent me from Gaia, and this young man remembers everything about, about home and about where we come from. And he says, you know, it's a blessing. None of us realize, not every soul and not every spirit, gets to take physical form as a human being and come onto the planet that it's a huge like big deal blessing Um, and when I heard that I'm like wow really okay I need to change my perspective about that too Then, you know but I never thought of it that way you know what I mean I never thought of it that way
1: I I, I know why I came here Cause it's That's fun. Good. I just came here for to have fun.
2: <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'll be honest with I,
1: I you. I mean, I just yeah, I just came for the party. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> no other reason. There was no altruistic reason at all. I just wanted. to... Hmm, I think there's a party That's down awesome. there. I'm going to crash it.
2: It's awesome. You know. So yeah. do you feel like your your life is fun? You like you.
1: That's what I live for, yeah. Yeah? hmm Yeah, I mean, I can't think of a better thing to live for other than uh, to feel good and have fun and make other people feel good and have fun.
3: Oh, absolutely. Just, you know? Yeah.
1: I, I can't <laughs> imagine any other reason for all this.
3: <laughs> oh, that's a good one.
2: I <clears throat> like that. <laughs> <laughs> See? I'd have fun with you. I'm super intense and I'm super serious. So it's like I need somebody around like you that is all about the fun because I, you know, I take everything that I'm here to do super seriously.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And even even my spirit guides, even Metatron says to me, thank you for playing. This is supposed to be fun. I'm like, for real? He's like, yeah, this is supposed to be fun. You're forgetting, you know. So, yeah, you're right. See, even he says that to me. Mm-hmm. He says, Thank you for playing. And this is supposed to be fun. This is supposed to be a fun experience. So I'm well, like, okay, I'll work on that.
1: What do you do for fun?
2: <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> oh. I don't know you really. Have,
1: you have to work on this.
2: I know. I agree with you.
1: You don't have any hobbies? Gardening? Hiking? No. Playing music?
3: No.
1: Going, well, I mean, yeah, no, you, you can still go out to eat, like, good vegetarian places.
2: Dude, I'm in Illinois. You know what it's been like here? This lockdown and the COVID and this. Oh, I don't even want to get into that conversation. But um, no. And here's the other thing about going out to eat that's difficult. I have a very, very restricted diet. Um, and I don't eat very much. So, you know, maybe the thought of doing what you do with your Twinkie, right? Um, if I go out to eat and I bless everything and clear it, then maybe I'd be okay to go out and eat food that's prepared somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? Well, maybe used to, I need to try that.
1: There used to be a place in, in where I used to live in Princeton called Zen Palette, and it was a vegetarian place, and it was absolutely delicious. Mm. There's actually, I think there's still one in Manhattan. Mm. Really, really mm. good.
3: I don't
2: know. I have to be really... I, I'm going to have to consider that, though. Maybe if I clear and bless my food, maybe I could go places. But, yeah, back to your question about my hobbies. I don't have time for hobbies. Between my practice and my writing, and when I'm not doing that, I'm home resting, you know, and meditating. And I'm not... um Maybe it's been, maybe you can give me some insight on this with you being here for fun. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not interested in anything. I, and I don't know if it's because I've been here so many times and it's old to me and it's, it's not, it doesn't appeal to me. None of it appeals to me. Um, I'd rather focus on what I'm here to do and my own personal growth and expansion and helping other people get to where they, they want to be and. That that's what gives me the most joy, I'll be honest with you. I totally get my joy from my practice and, and the people in my community and and my writing and, and my communication with, with my spiritual family and so I don't know, you know, am I missing something? I don't know. You know, I led a pretty full life up to this point before maybe ten years ago. I did a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why it doesn't interest me anymore like yeah. what things do you do that are fun what do you do for fun
1: wow. uh, i i play guitar um i hang out with my animals um hang out with oh, my yeah, wife i you know do stuff with my friends i go to movies go out to eat um i, lo- I love going to plays and to hear music oh, yeah, I love plays. and yeah. um
2: i do love theater yeah yeah
1: and and so just 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 being outside in nature You know, it's it's great. I love it. I agree with that. Traveling, um, you know, the occasional theme park, all kinds of stuff.
2: I love theater. Our theaters here in Illinois have been closed down for a year and a half.
1: Yeah, ours here too, and we only have one here. Oh, I guess we have more than one, but I'm in Alabama. Um, But we have one. It'll be open again soon. They said they're going to open in 2022. So it's just a little patience.
2: Ugh. Are they going to survive until
3: then?
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah? Absolutely. Yeah, we have a lot of theater here in Illinois. Not necessarily in the city either. I know Chicago's got a lot of fabulous theater, but out in the suburbs, we've got, you know, small theater troops and stuff, and Mm -hmm. uh, myself and some of the girls from my community we we love doing we really miss doing that going to the theater.
1: So you used to have fun.
2: Oh there you go okay if you if yeah I guess I suppose there you go. once believe me once that opens back up we'll be the first ones that'll be there. We've already talked about it that, that how much we miss going to plays yeah
1: and you're gonna have fun again.
2: yes. And I love animals. Um, so I get that, what you're saying about the animal thing. I have been without a dog for nine years. And uh, I'm in the process with my intentions of a little French bulldog coming forward to Uh-oh. join me. Um.
1: Be careful with those French... I have a French bulldog.
3: You too,
2: I I do? I do.
1: And he is the oh, meanest Lord. dog on the planet. <laughs> I, I, He, he will... He will literally chew my leg off if I let him. Oh, come on. I'm serious. He's the craziest dog I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) All all he does is get mad at things, barks, Mm. bites, and sleeps. Mm. He snores like crazy. Wow. I've never seen a dog snore and fart so much.
2: I think he needs a healing. I think something's going on there. Oh, he's
1: already been healed. We spent like two thousand oh dollars <laughs> on God. his dog so far. Wow. Spiritual healing or physical healing? Uh physical healing. He had heartworms and he had to have some kind of surgery. he, he was a mess when we got him.
2: Okay. Was he like a rescue?
1: Uh, We didn't get him from a rescue facility, but we got him from somebody who was breeding French bulldogs. And I guess they were kind of using him as a stud. And it was the most horrible, disgusting, saddest place you could ever possibly imagine. And
2: uh, Now you see. See why he's angry?
1: Oh, yeah. I know. He's angry. I'd be angry, too. Uh That's why I keep him. That's why I love him, because he's angry. (laughs) i I wouldn't want them any other way you know
2: are you warning me not to get a french bulldog (laughs)
1: no no i'm just telling you they aren't moody moody. they're moody you you, you have to you have to be able to appreciate an animal that is constantly grouchy
3: Mm.
1: and tired hmm Interesting. That's, that, that, that's a French bull, though. They're grouchy <laughs> and sleepy. And if you ever try to wake them up when they're sleeping, forget about it.
3: Hmm.
2: I've had Labradors, so you're talking about day and night here.
1: Oh, yeah. L- labs are totally <laughs> different.
2: <laughs> labs are fabulous. Yeah. yeah.
1: But, but get Frenchy. He, he might cheer you up, you know. <laughs> and, 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 like, if he sees that you're unhappy, he'll just chew on you like a bone.
2: i don't know i just know i'm supposed to have one and that it's almost time you know so i'm i'm intending that he comes forward and of course i got people we've got a big chicago bulldog a french bulldog rescue in the city but they've been closed down for a year they're not even letting anybody adopt any dogs so um i'm -hmm. hoping that lets up soon and he comes forward.
1: So oh, he we'll will. See.
2: He, he, she doesn't matter. I don't care what color him her, whatever. Um, there's nothing like a dog. That's for sure. There's, yeah. there's nothing in this world like a dog. And I miss having them. I had one all my life. And when we lost my yellow lab and I think it's eight or nine years ago, it was so devastating to us that, um, it took us this long to get over it and even think about getting another dog. Hmm.
1: And I also Are have, you? yeah, yeah. I also have a cat. He's huge. He weighs about twenty pounds, and he's all oh, white. Geez. And and actually, through like 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 two weeks ago, he was so sick. I thought he was a goner.
2: Oh. And but uh,
1: he's okay. He totally bounced back out of nowhere.
3: Hmm.
1: Now, now he's now he's back to sleeping in the sink. <laughs>
2: Cats are uh very interesting creatures. Let's put it out.
1: <laughs> and, uh-huh. he, and he likes to walk up to my dog when my dog's sleeping and he swats the dog. Aww. And runs See, now, away. You know,
2: now you know. you got to punch you with another reason to be angry. Uh-huh. <laughs> the cat's smacking him in the head. hmm
1: <laughs> so, so, so life is fun. Even the, anim, okay. even the animals are having fun.
2: Animals are fabulous, no doubt about it.
1: Even when a dog is, like like, like my Frenchie, uh, he likes being in a bad mood. It makes him happy.
2: <laughs> what color is your Frenchie?
1: He's black and white.
2: Okay.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, that'll bring fun into my life, too, I think, you know. Because the other thing people don't realize about dogs energetically is, even though your dog's a grump, um, he's... He's really responsible for clearing the energy of the family, um, of trying to keep your frequency at a healthy rate, even though he's crabby. Maybe that's why he's crabby. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know.
1: I, I think it's. He had a, he had a rough life. <laughs> yeah, I think it's his background for sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: He's a good guy.
2: How old is he?
1: I think he's probably about five now. <laughs> I think he it said he was 4 when we when we got him. So. Well, <laughs> keep
2: your fingers crossed that mine will show up. It will. It I if it's a if it's a male I'm naming him Neo and if it's a female I'm naming her Trinity.
1: Hm. Ours is Bubba. <laughs> I
2: have a I have a ball python that's 28 years old and when we got her we name we we named her Bubba because we thought she was a male, and then we found out she was a female, and now her name's Babette. So, <laughs> we've had her for twenty-seven or twenty-eight years. My son is thirty, and we got her when he was three. So, wow. yeah.
1: do you have to yeah. feed her live rodents?
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. He does that. I don't. I just get the I just get the rat, and I bless it and thank it for its service, and he takes care of the rest.
1: So the snake is eating blessed food.
2: Yes, the snake is eating blessed food. So there you thought you so
1: you thought about doing this for a python, but not for yourself.
2: <laughs> uh, there you go. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'm not eating Twinkies. I'll tell you that right now.
1: You can eat a it, blessed. It,
2: what I'm eating. That's if the python
1: we're... can eat a blessed rat, you can eat a blessed Twinkie.
2: Well, you know, I think I bless the rat because I feel bad. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh God, mm-hmm. but
1: and you, you know, don't feel bad for the Twinkie.
2: No, I don't feel bad for the Twinkie. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> do you no, ever? I do you ever feel bad for like a carrot?
2: For a carrot? Hmm. No. I don't know, but I'll do that. I will. I mean, I think, think
1: about it. one day you're a carrot. You're 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 in a nice, cool earth, growing, hanging out, doing whatever your carrot. Thinking about whatever a carrot thinks about, and then one day somebody comes along, yanks it out of the ground, chops it up and eats it.
2: <laughs> I can't feel that way about plants because then I'll I won't have anything to eat. Mm. I,
1: mean? I, I just did a whole episode on plant consciousness.
2: Plant consciousness, no, I know. I gotta I I know they, they have a consciousness and it's very powerful consciousness, mm-hmm. like trees. People hassle me because when I get really flustered, I go and I, I put my hands on trees. I mean, it it releases that negativity or how I'm feeling immediately. It just, it's just gone. It's like you liking to go, you know, um, out in nature, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, that's, that's primarily the reason that I think a lot of people do it, but they don't realize it. Because all of that plant life is clearing your energy. Most people don't know that, but it
1: is. Yeah. You know? But the plants, the animals, it's so all good out there.
2: Yeah.
1: But it's also all chaos too. Chaos? Oh yeah. Like like I like for example, I have a birdhouse nailed to my fence. And uh there's these bluebirds. They laid some eggs in there so I guess they have babies in the birdhouse. Yeah. And then yesterday I went out there and there was a cat laying on top oh. of the birdhouse. It's- great <laughs> so they're not much what diff- I mean. they're not much different than us
2: I know circle of life you know. mm-hmm. I don't know I'll bless my food from now on Okay. got a okay. deal there and,
1: and you're going to have fun we have what are you going to have fun I don't know are you having fun now?
3: Uh, Sure, yeah.
1: Or am I just annoying you?
2: No, I'm having fun. I always have fun when I talk to people. I love to talk to people. Oh. Absolutely. No, I'm having fun. I'll, try, I'll work on, but you know what? You made me realize that I do do things that are fun. It's just my fun has been ex- extremely restricted for the last year and a half. That's all. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I understand. Some people haven't really adapted to it. Yeah. <clears throat> Which really just, it's just got, it takes patience, you know.
3: Well,
2: I can still, my office is actually next to three or four different forest preserves, and there hasn't been any restrictions with that. So, you know, we've been able to go over there and do what we got to do and um, um, just be quiet or enjoy nature or, you know, I mean, the things that I like doing, the only thing that I've ever, that I've really missed, like I said, that I've been restricted from is Mm -hmm. theater for the last year. Everything else, I pretty much live my life the way I've always lived my life. Mm -hmm. And because, again, you know, like I told you from the time I've been a kid, I'm I'm very uh, rebellious against, you tell me white, I'll tell you black.
3: I
1: mean, Mm -hmm. just like that. (laughs) Well, I'm like that, too. I, I, I'm I'm an old-school anarchist.
2: Yeah, exactly, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: There you go. My mom, God bless her, She's she's been gone seven years, but my mother was 100% Polish. She was extremely hard on me. Um, you know, I'd, I'd tell her I was going to do something, and she'd look at me, and she'd go, who the hell do you think you are? You can't do that. And I'd just look at her and go, oh, yeah, watch me. And <laughs> she's really... She's really been the impetus for who I am today because she, you know, whenever she said go left, I'd go right.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, I was I lucky. I, I was the youngest in my family. So my brothers broke my parents.
3: There you
2: go. So by,
1: by the time I came around, they are like, just, just, just do what you want. Go ahead. <laughs> we go, go run wild. Just Go hang out in New York City. Do what you want. I, we don't care.
3: <laughs> wow.
2: Yeah, not me. I have very strict, very strict Polish upbringing. I'm I'm the youngest too, but I only have one sister. I have a sister five years older than me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: So she didn't do a good job of breaking your parents.
2: No, <laughs> she didn't do a good job of anything. I'll be
3: honest.
2: With you. <laughs> I won't go into that conversation either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a relationship. I don't even talk to my sister. Well, maybe- that's too so, bad. that eh, really. It, it's what I chose, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you have to make choices just because somebody's family. That doesn't mean that um, you're going to continue to attempt to have relationships because of blood that are not for your highest good or that are not feeding your soul, you know what I'm saying? So um, it's probably one of the hardest things people go through when they come to me and they have family members that are very... Uh, disrespectful to them and hurtful to them and you know i tell people look just because somebody's a family member that doesn't give them you know that doesn't that doesn't mean they get to abuse you because you're Mm blood and um sometimes you even have to break ties with your family members i mean if you're if you're lucky enough that you got you sound like you got a great family you're lucky enough to have a good family then embrace that and appreciate it
1: Oh, well, my family doesn't get along, and like both my parents have passed away. My mom was sort of like the patriarch that held everything together.
2: Yeah,
1: you know, and, and, and I'm like the last person I ever expected to be to sort of take on that role, but I have. So mm. I, I I don't have much of a choice but to, to to do to fill that role. And uh but with the younger ones, it's fun because with them, I'm just like this crazy ass uncle. <laughs>
2: There you go. See, there you go. How many siblings do you have?
1: I have uh, two older brothers. Okay. And I have countless nephews and nieces and great nephews and nieces. Tons of them.
2: That's nice, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Really nice. Yeah. There you go. And that's fun too for you.
1: I mean, you. you it it get- is. So when when I go back to Jersey, we usually we all get together. and Go to a heavy metal concert. Wow. I throw them in the pit. You're from Jersey? Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs>
1: Where in New Jersey? Princeton.
3: Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm, there you go. Okay. I've
2: been there. I've been to Jersey many times.
1: What part?
3: <laughs> I don't know
2: why.
1: But <laughs> oh, Jersey. Well, Jersey's not as nice now as it was, but when I was growing up, it was nice.
2: Yeah, it's changed a lot. Jersey's a lot like the city of Chicago. Like, I I flew into um, Newark, and Newark reminds me of Chicago. Oh,
1: yeah, Newark's Very beautiful.
2: Industrial. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of companies. There's a lot of,
1: yeah. But
2: I haven't been there in 20 years either, so I don't know how much Jersey's changed
1: over the years. It's just but, got yeah. it more populated. It's a giant suburb of New York and Philadelphia. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There is a lot to do there, though. Like now. I'm, oh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Like now I live in the middle of nowhere, so.
2: Where do you live now? Alabama. Oh, in Alabama. That's what you said. Yeah. Well, here, then I can ask you a question. I'm considering moving down to Arkansas in three years or so. Mm-hmm. What do you, do you have any experience around Arkansas or what?
1: I actually have a good friend that lives in Arkansas. He was born in Arkansas, moved to New Jersey, and has, a few years ago, he moved back. And he loves it.
2: I feel Uh, like I'm being called to to move there eventually. Um, I want out of Illinois the taxes here are ludicrous because of the corruption and the political system that's been here forever. And the energy here is very heavy. Um, so, my publisher Ozark Mountain and I don't I don't know if you're familiar with them. That's actually Dolores Cannon mm-hmm. um, is in Arkansas, and I think I'm going to just take a trip down there to visit Ozark Mountain publishing and the people because I've never met any of these people uh-huh. you know? and um, I don't know I just feel like that's where where I'm supposed to be in the next three to five I think
3: so we hey. shall see hey, I mean probably, everybody I've fine.
2: asked everybody I asked about it really likes it there you know everybody that lives there really likes it there so
1: okay, we here. shall see you're <laughs> in Illinois now
2: I'm in Illinois mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: We get a lot of we get a lot of people from Illinois that live here.
2: Yeah, I'm going to tell you something. There's a mass exodus out of Illinois, like you wouldn't believe.
1: Well, the same like, thing happens with New Jersey too, because of the taxes. Uh, the, like my the tax my, my property taxes in New Jersey were twelve thousand a year.
2: Oh yeah, that sounds like here.
1: And now mm-hmm. there's seven hundred here.
2: Yeah, that so. sounds like here. Hmm. You know. Not very many people can, can afford to live here. And we're not talking a big house either for $12,000. No.
1: <laughs> no, I have a you bigger know? house here.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's why I was thinking about Arkansas too. Same thing is, you know, you get more for your money and, yeah. So I have to see. I have to take a trip, I guess. I looked it up and it's about an eight-hour drive for me to Eureka Springs, which is where I was told to visit first. And uh, there's a lot of, in the Ozark Mountains, there's a lot of supposed extraterrestrial activity. And they're really big on that. Yeah. Down there. On UFO sightings mm-hmm. and stuff.
1: It's the same thing here where I'm at. And oddly enough, like the, uh, the Gulf Coast of Florida and Alabama, tons of it. Yeah? hmm Cool. I haven't seen any yet, but.
2: Well, I know they're here. They've always really, been here. They never left.
1: But I'm always into UFOs and Bigfoot. They're here. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I do work with... I was told that I'm part of the Galactic Federation. I think I originated from Pleiades, and um, I do work with a couple members of the Galactic Federation that I know are what we call extraterrestrials, and so they're from somewhere else, so what? But um, I know for a fact... Still here, through the Anunnakis are here, and the Arturians are here, and Pleiadians and Syrians are here. They're all here to help this planet to get to where it needs to go. And people think, you know, and again it's 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 all the BS that we're fed by people attempting to control and manipulate what we're thinking, trying to make us uh all fearful of these these beings. And there's nothing to be afraid of. They're all for a a positive and and supportive reason so
1: I don't know if you believe in that I do I do do believe in it and you know and I believe as far as those people trying to control control everything I just sort of say F them I'm going to have fun (laughs) heck with you guys
2: yeah well most people don't you feel most people not most people I don't know percentage wise but because of, of, of social media, I think that there are many that are easily influenced and believe everything that they're fed, and um, it's it's not good. It's not a good thing. You know what I mean? They don't uh, pursue... I, I don't to...
1: think it's social media.
2: What do you think it is?
1: Um. Actually, one of the things that has really opened my mind to some of the things that... I, some things was moving here to Alabama from New Jersey and the culture in, in rural areas is very, very different. Oh, and, yeah. and their education is very different mm-hmm. and living in the Bible belt is very different.
3: Oh, gosh, yes.
1: So, um, it's, it's almost like, uh, you know, it's one of those things like they're, they're exposed to certain things f- from birth. Yes. And, and and they're taught that everything else is is bad or evil or harmful. Yes. Um. So it's almost it's, it's more of an uh, an ignorance.
2: Well, that's
3: true.
1: And mm-hmm. um. And like you can, you can't force people to believe something or anything. You know what I mean? Nope. Like I would never try to force anybody to think what I think or have the same views that I have. Right. Um, that's why I, I kind of like, I like the podcast format and the interview format because people listen and maybe they'll just absorb some of it. Yes, you know, just to exactly. put a, to put a crack into in that uh, belief system which might not be a hundred percent right.
2: Exactly, correct. Yeah, no, I get you. I'm on the same page with you. It's just basically. You know, I've had um, people that we would consider radically Christian come to me um, for spiritual advisement and stuff. And all you can really do is share um, your experience or your point of view or your way of perceiving things with people and let them be with it and let them take whatever works for them and whatever doesn't, doesn't. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you're not going to, my purpose is not to change anyone. Um, I really am, am also here to, to listen to people and where they're at. And then what that does, just like with your podcast is it provides people, um, a different perspective and almost, we're hoping um, makes them think a little bit, right? Makes them think a little bit outside of the box of what they've always believed or what they've been told to believe or how they've been raised to believe things. And that's all we can do is give somebody our experience and our perspective. And that's it, you know? So, Yeah. I'm
1: like with you. And, and no matter here. what people think or believe or whatever, I'll still be their friend and hang out with them. I don't care. Right. right, right. I, I, I don't. I don't vote or partake in any of it. So I'm very neutral. Yeah. I can no. care less about any of it, really.
3: Agreed.
2: Agreed. And and I'm hoping that so many people will hear you say that because, um, you know, the whole breakdown in our our whole the last uh, presidential thing and. Um, people were just they don't it just blew my mind it's like you know what I everybody has their opinion and most of people's opinions come from experience and like you said you know what they've been taught since birth and why can't everybody just be okay with okay that's how you feel about it and this is how I feel about it and let's just Let's just be okay with that, with each other and and move on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean why is there have to I hate you and I'm not talking to you anymore? And I can't even believe be, begin to tell you how many of my people lost friends over this whole thing. Um and I said, you know, then I think you actually found out who these people really are because Just because you've known somebody for 30 years, and all of a sudden you have a difference of opinion, and they're attacking you, I don't know that you ever really knew who this person was. Um, Or you've grown to the point where you can accept where they're at, but you're seeing that they haven't grown to the point where they're okay with how you feel about something. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's okay, but... A lot of my a lot of my uh my community have lost friends that um they've known for thirty years
1: in the last year or so. It's terrible.
2: I know, it's silly, isn't it? It's it is. silly.
1: See I'd rather yeah. just have friends and hang out and do stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: it's just it's sad. It's just
1: sad that, that happens. You know? But it'll change, I think. I think things are definitely gonna change soon. I hope so. Because I suspect, isn't that one of the things that you're into, is sort of raising the frequency, so help, sort of help bring the planet into a more enlightened age?
2: Yes, absolutely, what I'm here for. Um, it's probably part of why I said, you know, wanted to, to, to tell your listeners that I'm a vibrational frequency practitioner, because they probably don't hear that very often. Um Everything I do, you know, like when I do healing treatments and I use crystal bowls and I use tonals and I use, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Rife frequencies. Dr. Mm -hmm. Royal Rife um, in the 1930s had a 100% cure rate for cancer with vibrational frequency. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's all about, you know, I work not only collectively for the planet, but individually for people to teach them what is it going to take for you to reach the highest possible vibrational frequency that you are as spirit and a physical body to step into yourself as spirit and a physical body, whether you want to, you know, walk this earth as an ascended master, which is what my goal is, or just be in service to humanity, um, whatever that may be. Okay. So collectively, for the raising of the vibrational frequency, of course, I'm sure you're well aware we went from 3D to, to 5D energy over the last year and a half. Um, the 3D density of fear and ignorance is, has been cleared and transmuted, and we're, we're stepping into the age of Aquarius, of course, with um, love, light, and compassion, and, and equality for everyone, and You know, is that going to happen in two years? Well, hell no, it's not. It's probably going to take us about 20 years in the United States to get to that point. Um, But part of my responsibility is, you know, through meditation, through uh, group and singular meditation, through particular uh, things that I utilize to raise the frequencies of myself and my community. Yes, that's part of what we're doing. In meditation, we, you know, we surround the planet in light. There's things that we do to raise the vibration of, of Mother Earth. And um, a lot of that, too, is, you know, educating people about how to do that. But to me, it's like, you know, I do, I'm responsible for clearing the collective consciousness, too. So what that basically means is when something comes, you talk about, man, me getting wiped out at the beginning of all this a year ago in March um, to try and not try. I I was responsible, along with many other people, for clearing the collective consciousness of fear. And, um, boy, was it heavy, Gary. I, that's all I could tell you. That mm-hmm. That was a real bear. That went on for about eight months of, you know, on and off exhaustion because of how heavy the fear was for everyone and um much better now things are much better now mm-hmm. we're getting there and the planet's getting there so you can feel it you know the ascended masters and the archangels and um other beings in in other realms are really radiating this planet with light it's getting hit with light it's getting hit with high frequency um so, yes, that is that is part of what I do. And I, I feel like I can make the biggest impact on that. You know, can I clear collective stuff? Sure. But to me, it's like I can make the biggest impact on that one person at a time. Because every person that I can help to step into that is, I don't know how many people they're going to affect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, they can go out and teach other people what they're learning and their way of being and their way of holding light and holding energy and holding love and, and that consciousness affects. I read somewhere that when you, when you hold that light and that consciousness and you meditate, you can affect over 700,000 people. So if I'm, I'm creating this community that I've had for a long time where we all sit in that level of consciousness and love and light, how many people are we affecting, you know? We don't know. Yeah. So yeah. Pretty exciting. Actually. It is.
1: It's amazing. You know? um, it is amazing. And, and the fear, like you mentioned, the fear, and and the truth is there is absolutely nothing in this world to be afraid of because it's it's an illusion. And of course, to, we and, know that. And and you're gonna die anyway. And
2: okay, well, you and I and, know and, that. And
1: death is actually kind of cool.
2: Yeah. You never die, though.
1: Well, not, not just the body dies, but once you're out of your body, things are pretty pretty awesome.
2: Yeah. But, you know, you and I know that. But collectively, on the planet, when all this started happening, because of the fake news and, and how everything was fed to people, you you and I both know, I mean, people were just freaking out. And... You know, what blows my mind is you can't vaccinate against the virus. Um, It can be called a shot. It can't be called a vaccination. We vaccinate against disease, polio, measles. You know, that's what we had vaccinations for when we were children. Mm -hmm. To call this a vaccine in and of itself is a lie. It's a shot. And it's like, okay, if we could vaccinate... "Quote unquote for the common cold, since coronavirus is one of the viruses that causes the common cold. Really, why didn't we do that a long time ago? It's just, you know, it's well, so, you can,
1: you. so you could sell cough medicine.
2: Yeah. So, you know, the but what I'm telling you is when when I started to when this first hit, and I was asked by Metatron to to help to clear the collective consciousness. I can't even describe to you the anxiety that that I experienced, and I don't get anxiety because I'm in I'm in the same mind frame as you. Okay, I fear is false expectation appearing real. There's no such thing as fear. Okay, um, we're all gonna die. I, I'm on the same boat with you. Okay, I get it. You and I have that understanding, but. I don't know how many other people do. I don't know how many other people really fear dying, but all I can tell you is that just the, I was exhausted, man. I mean, this went on every day for about six months and I'd have days where I'd feel okay and I'd, and I'd have days where I, I was exhausted for two, three days straight just from, from trying to hold energy of love and light and clear that collective of fear so it is much better now okay it is it is better now because i think people here's the other thing that i'm sure you're well aware of you know this this all happened for the sole purpose of awakening people this is a big big wake-up call when this all started and to open people's third eye um, the second wave was when they actually attempted to tell everybody, oh, there's a second wave coming. No, there wasn't. Um, the second wave was actually a second wave of awakening. And, um, I do feel there's a third wave coming, uh, for people's, um, level of consciousness to, to, uh, awaken. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know, I don't, I don't really want to get into it. too too much here. Um, I think that there's going to be, and I don't know how much knowledge you have of it yourself, but I think that there is going to be quite a shock around when the level of human trafficking um, around this planet is revealed um, and the number of children that have been affected. I think that that's going to be a third awakening of consciousness for people on this planet and um it's going to be very difficult for most people to um to even consider okay Mm -hmm. it's it's going to be i don't even i i've been asking i've asked metatron you know when are you guys going to bring all this to the surface and he said it's not time um Everyone on Earth is, is acclimating to this new energy, trying to find their way through the fear. Um, they've been through enough, and we have to wait. So I don't know what you know about any of that or how you feel about any of that. Um, but truly, you know, for us to, you and I are on the same page as far as, you know, a planet of equality and love, right? Right. Love and consciousness and, and allowing people to be who they are and accepting who they are and, and equality in health care, equality in, in all kinds of things that are not equal in the United States. Um, I think we're on the same page there. Yeah. So for that to happen, we truly have to have the populace of not only this country, but the world wake up, wake up. To what has been perpetrated in this illusion that you mentioned, right?
3: Because
2: mm-hmm. it's all illusion. You and I both know that. It's illusion. But unless people are awake, they they aren't gonna see that, Gary. They're not gonna see it's an illusion. Okay. So Spirit has been diligently working for almost a year and a half, two years to awaken. A mass awakening of consciousness on this planet, and um, I'm sure you know about the age of Aquarius and how you know we moved into that portal and and that was back in January, I think okay. um, you know, and people ask me, well when are things going to start looking different? And I go, well, here's the thing. number one, if you want things to look different, you need to see them differently. So if you want a world of love and compassion, See everyone with love and compassion. You are a creator God. We're all creator gods. Okay. We have no concept of how powerful we truly are. And we're going to step into that um, as our consciousness awakens. But the second thing is um, when are we going to see it? Well, this is something that, you know, particularly in the United States, there's so much that has to change that it's, it's not going to change in a year. This is going to take, I think, about till 2035, somewhere around there. We have big changes that need to be made in our banking system, our housing system, our healthcare system. system. I mean, come on. Come on, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's just a matter of, you know, the future occurs in the present moment. That's it all you got is the present moment. So when people ask me that question, I'm like, "Well, who who are you being in the present moment? Who are you being right now? Are you being love? Are you being compassion? Are you being kindness?" Because if you want to get from point A to point B in the new earth that we're creating, the new earth is created in the in the in the present moment, right now, right now. Not 10 years from now, it's right now. So I think one of the hardest parts of teaching that I do is teaching people to just be in the present moment because it's really all you got is the present moment you don't have five minutes from now nothing's guaranteed you got right now just be right now you know and stay present so yeah that's that's I don't even know where we where we started your question on all this but
1: (laughs) I answered my question perfectly
2: there's a lot going on let's put it that (laughs) way okay there's a lot going on That's all I get told. Sometimes I ask Spirit, I ask Metatron, you know, I don't know. You're like, just uh, don't worry. There's a lot going on. (laughs) You just don't know. And you Mm -hmm. don't need to know. That's what I get told. You don't need to know. All you need to know is what you're here to do. And we need you to stay focused. And we need you to hold that energy. And we need you to do what you're here to do. And and thank you for playing and have fun. Like Mm -hmm. I said, he does tell me that. Thank you for playing and have fun. So...
1: <laughs> and get a and get a Frenchie.
2: Yes, and get a Frenchie. <laughs> I don't want a crabby one though. That's the only thing. Uh, They're
1: all they're all kinda like that. That's that's part of their charm. Uh,
2: okay. Well <laughs> let's see.
1: Just like my wife. Wa- my wife would say that's part of my charm.
2: That you're crabby Yeah. I don't think you would strike me as being crabby. I don't know.
1: Oh, I can be when I'm tired.
2: Well, yeah, we can all be crabby when we're tired, right?
1: Yeah. If I'm tired or if I'm hungry.
2: Oh, yeah, me too. I'm a Leo, so if I'm hungry, get Katie by the door. It's ugly.
1: (laughs) Or if I'm hot. Sometimes if I'm hot, I get grouchy too. (laughs) Say that again? Like when I'm hot, when it's hot outside?
3: Oh, yeah. Oh,
2: I hate hot. I don't know about you. People are like, you're going to move to Arkansas? And I'm like, well, I'm sure they have air conditioning. I mean,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I will take this heat and humidity any day over three months of living in a frozen wasteland in New Jersey.
2: Yes. It was very rough winter here. Um, I <laughs> February in Illinois this year was a nightmare. We were shoveling every single day. It snowed every day. We had two weeks of, you know, ten degrees, zero degrees, ten below. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, and then in March, you know, when we had a little bit of a, I, I cried out for some help. I'm like, enough's enough, and um, people are exhausted, and please help us. And and then we got two weeks of sixty-five degrees, and and within two weeks, I was dancing in my driveway because I could actually see it, okay? I could mm-hmm. see my driveway. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think I can tolerate Arkansas hotness for a couple months out of the year uh, yeah. as opposed to that crap anymore because I've lived here my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I'm done, okay? I can handle it up maybe three to five more years, but it's no fun, you know? And I like cold weather, believe me. It's the shoveling that I don't like it's that
1: I don't like, I like either,
2: it. I'm okay with cold weather it's it's I'm fine with it, but yeah, no heat for me, so mm. I don't know doesn't Alabama get kind of hot very hot, yeah,
1: but at night it's so beautiful.
2: is it humid too
1: yeah, yeah, it's very humid. I like hot humid weather actually Look. i just I just don't like it um. To work in. Like, oh, yeah. like going the yard or something like that. Yeah, it's miserable. But, but as far as like but but like sitting outside at night and listening to the crickets and the birds oh. and everything, it's awesome.
2: Oh, I get that. I don't think I don't think Arkansas is that humid though, is it?
1: It's probably the same. I mean I mean it's, it's only one state away from me.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I don't like humidity, I'm sorry,
1: but I'll deal with it. It's okay.
2: <laughs> all right i get humidity here too you know what i'm saying probably not like you guys but i can get it here too but we'll see i don't go anywhere unless i get the go-ahead you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. i don't uh i can i can yak to my my spirit family all i want and tell them i want to move and if it's not what's best for me it ain't gonna happen so i'm clear about it i surrendered that a long time ago um We'll see what happens. I don't know. I what, do want what, my friendship. What, what would
1: happen if you did something that they didn't want you to do?
2: Um, I think I'd end up being very unhappy. Just It wouldn't work out, and I'd be very unhappy, and it'd be another lesson I had to learn the hard way. Hmm. And quite frankly, at 62, I've learned most of my lessons the hard way, and I don't want to do that anymore. Because truly, the lessons we learn the hard way are because we're being willful. Mm -hmm. That's why our lessons are hard. If we weren't willful, they wouldn't be hard. We end up making bad choices because we're being willful, and then we end up having to heal from those bad choices. So, no, it's just easier this way, trust me. (laughs) I found out, you know what? I ask for guidance, I get the guidance, and if I'm not going to listen to what they're telling me, then why do I bother asking them? You know what I mean?
3: Could do so, it yeah. that yeah.
2: Oh, I just I surrendered about 10, 12 years ago. Um, life is just much easier that way. You know? If I'm listen, if I'm not meant to be down in Arkansas, there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. And the reason for it would be what would be best for me would be to stay here. Now, do I know that long term better than they do? No, I don't. But pretty sure I got the go ahead that it's okay. It's just not time yet. I have a lot of work to do here in Illinois, um, and I'm okay with that. I mean, it's fine. So we'll see. Yeah. Did you at all? I, I meant to ask you. Mm-hmm. Did you at all? Did uh, did Ozark Mountain send you? my book at all or no
1: i might have it they sent me about 50 books at one time
2: geez okay
1: so i have like 50 (laughs) ebooks
2: oh my gosh um
1: because i think i've booked every author from ozark in the last i am booked now all the way through june thanks to brandy
2: oh wow that's wonderful yeah
1: i never booked so many guests so quickly
2: well that's great Yes. Well, here awesome. here's something for you, too, just to keep in mind, and I, I can, of course, email you, but my second book, uh, The Forgiveness Workshop from Higher Self Spirit, um, Brandy just showed me the cover, so that should be coming out soon, too. Oh, great. Yeah. That and one, I'm excited. That's, any that's idea gonna be-
1: when it's going to be out? No.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any idea when it could to be out. All
1: right. the
2: Usually...
3: You know, when I ask,
2: forgiveness workshop from higher self spirit. Hmm. yep, it's totally different. It's a totally different perspective of forgiveness. It's from your higher self. It's from your spiritual self, not from your ego driven human self. Um, and basically there's a formula and what I call my forgiveness formula that spirit gave me. And I did this workshop at my facility for two and a half years with a group of women and we met every Sunday. And it was basically looking at who in your life you felt you needed to forgive. But we look at um, not what somebody has done to you, what someone has done for you. Because everyone that crosses your path, whether it's for five minutes or your entire lifetime here, is... Um, had an agreement to do that and did it for you to learn a particular lesson or for you to receive something. Um, So when you change your perspective around what did someone do for you and not to you, you also get to step out of being a victim and become empowered inside of your love for someone and what they had to agree to before you got here. Mm -hmm. and we talk about you know what things do you need to release what are the feelings that this person evokes invokes in you that come up when you think about this person and you know we went through the book is really about teaching people how to do that and there's a workbook in the back of it um, for people to do the work that we did for two and a half years and it was it it's life changing that's all I can tell you and and one of the biggest things is forgiving yourself, first and foremost. Um, when we made our list of people of who we needed to forgive, what we found interesting that there were only two of us that put ourselves on there. And I didn't. And I thought about it, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know what? We need to be at the top of the list first before anybody about um, forgiving ourselves. And blaming ourselves. Absolutely. Uh, all the stuff we do to ourselves, right? How mm-hmm. we talk to ourselves and all that stuff. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. That that's I think going to be my my divine gifts of healing. Um, I don't know whether or not it would be understood by by that many people. Okay. Um course, everybody in my community has a copy of it, but it's really my personal relationship with my spirit guides and with Metatron and what happened after I had a near fatal car accident, six years ago, um, which it was really, it was really life changing because I never had my physical abilities taken from me mm-hmm.
3: okay
2: we have emotional harm done to us and we usually until we get to the point where we're ready to heal that we, we we get real good at pushing that crap down so we can just survive but when you are knocked on your butt for 32 days in a hospital bed um, and your physical your your whole physical life is taken from you it changes a lot of things okay um, I had, it was funny because it's kind of ironic. I grew up in an alcoholic family and, um, I was at a stoplight in February, um, and an alcoholic at three thirty in the afternoon plowed into me at 55 miles an hour at a stoplight. Okay. And I guess in that instant, I was asked if I wanted to go home or if I wanted to stay here. But I was also asked if I would take that hit because there was a lady in front of me in a car that had two babies in the backseat. And if she would have taken that hit, the children would have died. So I guess that's what happened. I have no conscious recall of this because when it happened, I immediately went unconscious. And um, it had three breaks in my spine, two in my sacral. And um, so the book is really my journey back to physical well-being and what happened in the process and my surrendering to the lessons that I was getting taught and the reason that it happened. Um, And then what happened after that, you know, the things, a couple of things that, that happened after that. Um, there's some teachings in there about the chakras and the auric field and energy healing. There's a lot of Egyptian teachings in there. Um, I talk a little about about the forgiveness workshop. Uh, a court date I had when I saw the man that hit me face to face. that was quite you talk about you talk about confronting, right mm-hmm. about um, you know, am I gonna go into into my typical humanness, right? and be angry and resentful and you know i was i didn't even feel like that from the time it happened and everybody was asking me how come you're not mad how come you're not angry with this person and i'm like what good does that do me what good is that going to do my healing process it's going to delay my healing why would i do that so when i got into court and i confronted this man You know, what I really wanted him to understand was the impact of his choices and the downflow of his choices in so many areas to so many people because of what he chose to do. And um, I think he got it. You know, he he basically had had done the same type of thing like three months before me and three months after me. And they finally put him in jail and took his license away. And he has, um, he's in AA, okay? So to me, it's like, you know what? It was like, it was so ironic that as a child, I had no say-so and no control over my stepfather's alcoholism. And he was violent and would keep me up till three in the morning, hitting my mother. And I had no power as a child. And here I was... I thought, wow, I see the irony around this, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost like my karma was cleared there. The karma I had with my stepfather got cleared in that instant in court because now I had power, and this man or his family had to stay sober now or end up in jail. So this man had two young babies at home with his wife Mm -hmm. and I thought, well, you know what? If this is what it took to get this man to remain sober, clean and sober for these children, so be it. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the chapters in there. Um, It's, I got to tell you, Gary, if you get a chance to read it, I know you're a busy man, but you know what? This isn't, this is just such, it's so filled and, and, with such important stuff and it's only 97 pages long and it's a very fast read. You could probably read it in two yeah, hours. I, I could
1: probably pull that off in of a night.
2: Yeah. And one night. I mean, um, most of my people have read it in one night. They don't stop reading it. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just, it's my, I want people to understand that having a life of, of, surrender, and spiritual commitment, there's nothing to be afraid of there, okay? It's not scary, it's not, what do you mean that's weird? It's not anything. It's who you you are. You are spirit in the physical body, and when you get to that point of understanding, and understanding that you have ascended masters and archangels that are around you from the time you get here, um, to connect to them and and they want to help and they want to guide you and they want to help you to step into your greatness here and and what you came here to do. And to me, you know, you said to me, you obviously knew before you came here, you came here to have fun. That's what Mm -hmm. you felt. Absolutely. Okay? Okay. Well, you are having fun. For me, this is what I knew I needed to do here. And, and it's an important mission for me. And I even said to Metatron this morning, look, I want to accomplish this here now. I want a huge facility um, that's all donations to be able to have people come from all over the planet to be educated, to receive healing, even with children, right? To have children to, to get our kids and teach them spiritual foundation for their lives. And who they are. Because they already know who they are. Okay? They only forget it as they continue to be subjected to anything other than who they are spiritually. They lose that. And there's no reason for that. Because then we spend the rest of our lives trying to find that again. That's basically what happens. We come here completely connected. And then we go through the darkness to forget home. To to the fear and ignorance, so that we can find our way back to who we are. That's that's really what the the whole program is. That's the whole deal. Okay. So if we can grab kids, I almost I laugh about it. I want like an X Men school, you know. Mm -hmm. We can grab kids when they're young and they're all gifted and they're all healers and they're all connected still to spirit and just nurture that. And nurture that level of compassion, that love, and that purity of that child as they grow. Um, I think that's part of changing the earth. I think that's part of creating a new earth from the bottom up almost, you know, with, with young people.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're the ones that are going to carry on next.
2: Right. So... That's one of my dreams. But yeah, that's basically, you know, primarily what the book is about. You know, people ask me, is that when you started to become an intuitive or is that when you became clairaudient? No, I've been clairaudient for a long, long time. I've been an intuitive my whole life. Um, that's just really, Metatron had asked me, said we need you to write this, uh, this experience. And I think it was for the most part to show people that when you when you're connected and when you surrender and you have an understanding that everything happens for the greatest good of not only you but it's all in divine order, right? For mm-hmm. that. That they are there for you and miracles happen and you're taken care of. And everything is exactly the way it's supposed to be. And that's why I wrote the book, because that that was really that could have been an experience for me that could have been so devastating that i decided to leave here mm. but i didn't i didn't choose that and i'm glad i didn't choose it but um i want people to see that you know that support is there it's around them 24 7 It's always there and part of what I do, whether it's in my facility or it's on a, you know, I do Zoom with people, I do phone calls with people all over the country, is to help people to to step into that and to connect to that and to connect to who they are in spirit. So that's really what the book's about, you
1: know? It's awesome.
2: Yeah, I think and you'd really enjoy it. Yeah, you know? I, I will
1: read it. After you
2: read it, I'd love it if you'd, you know, give me some feedback on how you feel about it.
1: Cool. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. Um, and before we wrap it up, where can my listeners find you and find your book?
2: You know, you can get my book on Barnes Barnes & Noble has my book. Um, you can buy it at Ozark Mountain. Because Ozark Mountain has a website. You can order it directly on Ozark, Ozark Mountain. Um. I hate to say this word, but Amazon has it too. Hmm. <laughs> That's a whole, now we could do a whole show on that. Um, about how I feel about Amazon. Um, so yeah, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Ozark Mountain Publishing. I think the Ozark Mountain Publishing website, you can get it on there too. Um, yeah. Cool. And if people want to know about everything that I do, my website is wellness net, all lowercase, a lot of stuff on there. you can pretty much navigate, you know, I did a podcast for a period of time that's on there. Um, you can order the book right off of my website. So if people find it easier to just do that, they can do that. Okay. Um, I have an online coursework right now that's on there called "Foundational Frequencies uh, Lifestyle what is it? Lifestyle Lifestyle Practices for High Vibrational Living." So there's coursework on there that that you know I put on there so people could purchase it if they're not able to see me in person, and um, that gives people a lot of the foundation you and I talked about when we first got on here about food and oils and you know chakras and and that kind of thing pretty awesome court
1: definitely what <laughs> i'll do is I'll, I'll post a link to your site and notes of this episode so my listeners can check you out find your courses and find your books
2: well thank you that would be wonderful i appreciate Great. it
1: well this is-, is this is a fantastic interview thank you for being on today
2: Oh, thank you. I really enjoyed it. And I'm going to think about you every time I think about having fun. I'm going to say, you know what, Gary says I need to have fun. So
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll let you know how that goes. And I'll let you know when my she comes,
3: too.
1: Yeah.
2: that right. sound good?
1: Sounds like a plan. <laughs> All right. So yes, just... and if, oh, if you would
2: give me some feedback on how you feel about my book, that would be great.
1: You got it. I'll do that.
2: appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me on.
1: You're welcome. And just hang on one second. I have to play the outro. You bet.
0: Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com Oh yes, I almost forgot, you can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life, because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you love what you listen to, Don't forget, rate, review and subscribe.